Well, it's a beautiful day in central Iowa, and as you can see behind me here, uh, spring has sprung at the Mission Church. Uh, the sun is out today, the temps are up, nature is active, and I have a lot to share with you today. So, let's get right on into it. This is your Midweek Connection, March the 29th, 2023. I said there's a lot to talk about so I'm going to dive right into it number one lawn care you know with the weather improving it won't be long until we'll be back into another season of lawn care and so it's time to recruit some people to identify some men and women who can help us keep our lawn looking healthy and fresh now if you're willing to be to consider serving then I'm going to ask you to please respond through Friday's e-blast there's going to be a turf team block there, a place for you to click and register your interest. So if you would please uh, pay attention to that on Friday, that would be great. Number two, children's Bible story books. You know, during our recent visit to Zambia, Africa, it was discovered that the Family Legacy School Libraries are in short supply of children's Bible story books. Therefore, we're seeking to help them out. Now, if you have any gently used children's Bible storybooks, or if you're willing to purchase some to donate, we'll be receiving those donations through April the 23rd. Uh, collection boxes are located at the west and east entrances, and if you have questions, please contact Jane Christensen. Her uh, email address has been there on the screen. Now, by the way, let me just say real quick, if you see the camera's shaking. <laughs> it's because the wind's kind of blowing out here today and it's blowing my iPad around. So just try to ignore it. It's just too pretty of a day to stay inside. Okay. Well, number three, women's Bible study with Carol Kundakshin will meet this Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. instead of the customary 10 a.m. to noon. Now, this change is due to the celebration of life service and the luncheon that will be taking place from 10.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. for David Borison. So ladies, this Saturday only, April the 1st, uh, you, will be a, uh, you will meet from 2 to 4 p.m. So please uh, mark that down and uh, attend at the appropriate time. Okay, number four, Good Friday and Easter Sunday is coming up, April the 7th and the 9th. We have invite cards for you to share with your family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. It has all the information that you need. It's all right there on the card. So please, when you come this week, grab a handful at the east or west entrance and then pass them out liberally. And finally, I want to talk to you a little bit about seating in the worship center for our worship gatherings. Now, our numbers are growing, and that means that available seats are shrinking. And that means that we need every available seat for our members and for our guests who come to worship. So, if you bring a coat, which in the cold weather you normally do, 
please hang it up in the coat closet located between the mission cafe and the restrooms. If you have a purse, a Bible, other paraphernalia, you know, it's customary to place those on the extra seat right next to you. And that's okay, unless that seat is needed for a worshiper. So I'm asking that you please be sensitive to the needs of others for seating and that you place your items either under your chair or under the chair in front of you so that the chair beside you may be used if needed. Uh, we now have ushers who are trained and are looking out for empty seats. They're working hard to help people find a seat uh, once the worship center is filled. So if you are asked to move over, to give someone a seat, please do that, would you? Please do it just like my mother used to say. She'd say, son, do it with a smile and a song in your heart. <laughs> so if you could do that, that would be great. But better yet, when you come to the worship center, perhaps you just go ahead and move on to the center of the row to allow seating of the, on the aisle to be open so that it's easily identifiable to our ushers. Uh, bottom line is we want to make room for everyone. And it takes all of us to make that happen. Now, before I move on to the spiritual focus, with uh, I just want to say that with the numbers increasing, we're beginning to look at the possibility of having two worship services. And we'd like to have your input about that. So in this Friday's e-blast, there's going to be a block dedicated to the two-service issue. And there's going to be a place there for you to click so that you can participate in a five-question survey. Uh, we really want to hear from you. So I encourage you to take a few minutes to give us your thoughts on the issue. Uh, there will also be some paper copies at the east and west entrances this Sunday if that would be more helpful to you. Okay, well, those are the announcements. So now let's move on to our spiritual focus. Well, last week I began a three-part series on the topic of position versus condition. Now, when I speak of position, I'm talking about one's standing with God. And when I talk about condition, I'm really talking about the various life circumstances that make up our physical reality. Now, by way of quick review, everyone enters life in the exact same position as it relates to God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 tells us that by nature, we are alienated and hostile in our mind toward God. And this means that we are by nature enemies of God. And this is due to Adam's fall that brought sin into the world. And since he is the father of us all, we all inherited his sin nature. And thus we commit our own personal sins against God. Romans chapter five, verse 12. So we all begin our life in the position of being outside of Christ. Now, as to our condition, it varies. We may be healthy and wealthy and happy, or we may be weak, poor, and miserable. <laughs> but regardless of our condition, our natural position is outside of Christ. No matter how much good we do, we're outside of Christ. No matter how much bad we do, we're outside of Christ. Our condition, whatever it is, has no impact on our position. And that's a quick review. By the way, my condition right now is it's windy. 
Well, moving on, the question to be asked is, if my condition has no impact on my position, then what must I do to change my position from being outside of Christ to being in Christ? And that's a great question. And that's what I want to focus on today. Now, I begin by emphasizing again that my position is not changed by my condition. In other words, there may be things that I can do to improve my condition, at least temporarily. But there is nothing that I can do in and of myself to change my position before God. If my position of alienation and enmity with God is going to change, then it must begin outside of myself with God. It never begins with me. Now, this is a really important point because religion in general, whoa, that thing is really blowing like crazy, isn't it? Religion in general has conditioned people to believe that if their condemned position with God is going to change, they must change their condition first, i.e., I must stop sinning and I must begin producing righteousness in my life so that God will approve and not be angry with me. So the common but inaccurate thought is, as I make these adjustments in my condition, God grants to me a change in my position with him. But friends, nothing could be further from the truth. Consider a passage of scripture that is very familiar to most of you, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And here's what it says. Let's take it slow. For by grace, grace, unmerited, unearned favor, you have been saved, saved, rescued from a position of alienation and enmity with God to a position of forgiveness and right standing with him. Through faith, through faith. So the grace that brings salvation is activated through faith. Now I want you to notice what is said about that faith. And this is not your own. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. I want you to take note how clearly and directly Paul communicates that the faith that brings saving grace is not something we can generate in and of ourselves. It is something that comes from God to us. It is a gift that he gives us. And Paul makes this even clearer by saying in verse 9 that all of this is not a result of works so that no one may boast. Now, let's look at verse 10. It says here, for we are his, that is God's workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, any idea that sinful man must do something from his condition to make him or herself worthy of a change of position with God is absolutely false. There is nothing I can do in and of myself to change my position. So, this begs the question, does God change my position with himself without my consent or without my participation? And the answer is no. Although I can do nothing to change my position with God through the improvement of my condition, the way I live, God still requires the sinner to respond to his offer of grace. Look with me at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now, this is not the work of self-effort here to change my condition in order to change my position, but rather what you see in this Romans passage is my response to the work that God is doing in my life. As God's Spirit initiates the work of grace, bringing the gift of faith to bear in my life, I'm then called to respond to his work by expressing the faith that has been given. As I respond in this way, God, through Christ, by the working of his Spirit, changes my position with himself, removing the condemnation and then making me his dearly loved child. So, that's how one's position changes. God works, sinful man responds to his work. He changes my position, declaring me righteous before him, even though my condition may not at all be righteous. Okay, so what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that a change of position with God does not necessarily or automatically change one's condition. I want you to consider for a moment the condemned criminal that came to faith while he hung beside Jesus on the cross. One of the condemned criminals, remember, railed and mocked Jesus. He said, if if you are who you say you are, then rescue yourself and us too. But while this was going on, the other criminal, he had a change of heart. He realized that he was there because of the sins he had committed and that he was getting exactly what he deserved for his crimes. Now, I contend that this change of mind was authored by God's Spirit first, then responded to by the soul of this man. But rather than mock Jesus, he confessed faith in Jesus, saying, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And remember what Jesus said? He said, Today you will be with me in paradise. You know, at that very moment, that man's position with God changed. No longer condemned. He was forgiven. He became a dearly loved son of God. What a change of position. He went from condemned to justified. But what about his condition? It did not change. It did not change. Other than this one act of faith, this man had no opportunity to show his repentance, no chance to do anything to find favor in God's sight. Furthermore, his condition of being condemned by man for his crimes, that did not change. Although his position experienced a radical change, his condition left him on that cross where he died under the condemnation of his fellow man. Well, I could go on and on, but time is running out and the wind keeps blowing this camera everywhere, so it's probably time to bring this segment to a close. We discovered last week that one's condition, be it good or bad, does not change one's position before God. For that to change takes a direct, intentional act of God, which we must respond to. This week, we discovered that when our position changes with God, it does not necessarily change our condition. It might and it can, but it's not a necessary fact. 
With the thief on the cross, his change of position did not impact his condition. He remained condemned by man and he died on his cross. Now it is true that for others, their change of position has a radical impact on their life so that their condition does change for the good. But again, that is not a necessary fact. So to sum it up, outside of Christ, my condition, whether good or bad, does not change the fact that, my, that with God, my position is condemned. Inside of Christ, my condition may change for the better, but it is not a necessary fact. And this then is where I wanna go next week. I wanna focus on a common problem that so many Christians struggle with, and many of them struggle with it for a lifetime. It's about this. The person says, I'm in Christ, but I struggle to see my condition improve in the sense of becoming more sanctified, becoming more like Christ. And they think to themselves, well, if I fail to grow in sanctification at a specific pace, does that impact my position negatively? Do I then need to work harder to ensure my position with God stays in Christ or so that I remain in his good favor? Is there ever a situation in which a believer's condition negatively impacts their position in Christ? Well, that's where I want to go next week, Lord willing. So let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, the truth uh, that you have shared with us in your word, how you intervene and work to bring about a conviction of sin and to bring about faith to believe and you call us then to respond. Lord, I am grateful for that work in my life and what you have done to change my position. I'm so grateful. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who are listening that they will be able to, to grasp these concepts, to understand them. And Lord, next week that they'll be able to really begin to put it all together as we see how that regardless of our condition as believers, we need to be living out of our position. And as we do, then we can be victorious, we can be honoring, and we can be beneficial, be honoring to you and beneficial to others in this world. So Father, strengthen us in that I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Sunday we cross over into Romans chapter 16. That's the last chapter of Romans. And we're gonna be looking at verses one through 16. The title of Sunday's message is Ministry is about relationships. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And uh, wow, we are now down to the last three messages in Romans. So I uh, hope to see you there. God bless. Have a great week.